welcome to People's Church as we begin this series called Parenting Hacks. Parenting Hacks. And I want to thank my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, for a lot of resources for this series, a lot of material that I gained from him for this, uh, for this series. So thank you, Pastor Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands. Grateful for my pastor. Uh, I've titled today's message, The Goal of Parenting. The Goal of Parenting. There, there was a man in a grocery store and he had a shopping cart and he was walking through the aisles with his shopping cart with his little son in the shopping cart. And as he was walking through the aisles, his son began to cry. I mean, he was crying and crying and crying. And, and the man, he began to say, calm down, George. Don't, don't scream, George. George, don't get excited. Calm down, George. Don't, don't, don't get angry, George. Don't, don't get mad, George. Calm down, George. And, and, and a lady overheard him talking, and she came up to him, and she said, I am just impressed with you. I'm so impressed how patient and kind you're being to little George. He said, lady, he's not George. I am. Come on, have you been there before? George is about to lose his mind is what's going on in that store. I think we've all been there as parents where you're like, Can I, I need to calm down. I'm about to lose my mind raising children. Listen, parenting is difficult. And my wife and I know this. We have a 15-year-old a going to be 16 this year. And we've got a 13-year-old. You know how children are. He's telling us he's about 14 because in May he turns 14. And our little daughter turns 13 this summer. Then we've got a, my, my youngest son is 10 years old. So, so this year we have three teenagers. And, and we know how difficult parenting can be. And we don't have to teach our kids to sin. You realize that? They come out the womb sinning. Some of their first words are, no, we have to teach them to fight. They fight. They disobey. They have attitude issues. They talk back. Sometimes our children can be bad. And I was a bad child growing up. There were moments I was just bad and honorary growing up. And even into my teenage years, I was bad. My, my, my mom and dad built a garage right outside of my, my bedroom. And right, right outside of my bedroom was a window. And I could open it right up and I could go into the garage and I would wait till mama and daddy fell asleep. I'd open up that garage window. I'd sneak into the garage. There was another window. I'd sneak out that window out and go hang out with my friends. Somebody pray for your pastor back in the day. But don't judge me because you did some of the same stuff. Bad. And, and parents can just begin to think, I just want my children to stop acting bad. Would they just straighten up? Would they just do the right thing? Just do right. Stop doing wrong. And, uh, and sometimes as parents, you just want the problems to go away. You just want them to stop doing bad and to stop being disobedient. And I believe that the goal for many parents is wrong. Many parents would be happy if they could just make the bad stop. But, but the goal as parents isn't just to suppress evil, it's to elevate the good. It, it, the goal isn't just to stop the bad, it's to elevate their potential. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, fake like you are so that I can think you're taking this message home to apply it to your life. Jot this down. The, the goal of parenting is to mine the treasure out of your kids. 
The goal of parenting is to mine the treasure out of your children. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 6 says, The house of the righteous contains great treasure. And the greatest treasure in your home is not jewelry or appliances or television or computers. The greatest treasure in your home is your children. There's treasure inside of your children. There's tremendous value and potential inside of your children. God has put so much treasure inside of your children. And just understanding this right here will change how you parent. If you'll just understand this right here, it'll change how you're being a grandparent to your grandchildren. You will stop thinking that I just want the bad behavior to stop. I just want the civil sibling rivalry to stop. I just want the disrespect or the bad attitude to stop. You'll stop believing that your kids are just bad or your kids, they won't be successful or, or my kids, they're just no good for nothing. But that's not true. I want you to begin to believe what the Bible says about your children. Listen, God has put so much potential inside of them. Your children are filled full of greatness. They're filled full of so much potential. God has so much treasure that he's put on the inside of your children. And our goal as parents is to mine out the treasure that God has put on the inside of our children. The psalmist said in Psalms 127 and verse 3, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. At all of our campuses, I want everybody to say, my children are a blessing. Some of you just said that, but you don't really believe it. You're like, you know what they did this morning? They're not a blessing, I'm gonna tell you what they are. No, 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 no. No, no, the Bible says they're a gift from God, they are a reward. Come on, say that with me again. My children are a blessing. You, you got to believe that. The scripture says, children, verse 4, born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. The Bible says you ought to rejoice over your children. Your, your children have so much potential. They, they're, they're like arrows, the Bible says, in a man's hands. You can, you can just throw the arrows down. You can just break the arrows or you can guide the arrows. And that's what we're supposed to do with our children. Guide them and direct them. Give them wisdom. Our children need us to help them to discover their purpose, to discover their gifts, to discover their talents. Our children need us to help them to discover the gifts on the inside of them, the treasure on the inside of them. You got to believe this. I want you to say this with me and really believe it. Everybody, everybody say, my children are gifted and talented. Come on, I want you to think about your children right now. Think about your grandchildren. Think about that baby you have in the womb right now. Some of you, it's your future children. Everybody say, my children are gifted and talented. You've got to believe this. God has put so much treasure on the inside of your children. And our goal, our goal is to mine out the treasure. And that takes a lot of hard work. You see, great families aren't great by accident. There are people that think that great kids happen by accident. That, that they think that, you know what, that family over there, their children, they're just, they just got lucky. They're just lucky their kids are so good. They're, they're, they're just fortunate. That they're blessed and I'm not. God blessed them, for, but for some reason God didn't bless 
me like that. My, my kids are a mess and their kids are blessed. And let me give you the raw reality. Every child is blessed and a mess at the same time. Every child. And it's our job as parents to mine out the blessing, to mine out the treasure that God has put on the inside of them. And that takes a lot of work. And today and over the next three weeks, I'm going to give you some tools. You're going to learn some things that will help you be a more effective parent, more effective grandparent, more effective aunt or uncle. Some of you are mentor to the next generation. It's going to equip you to be a better mentor to the next generation. I believe what you're going to hear, if you give me the next three or four weeks, you're going to learn some things that are going to profoundly impact your parenting, going to profoundly impact your children. And what I want to do today is I want to begin by sharing with you three parenting philosophies, three parenting philosophies that people choose. And as I dive into these parenting philosophies, the first thing that I want, to understand, want us to understand just in some, some introductory thoughts is this. Our parenting philosophy normally comes from our heritage. It comes from how we grew up, what was modeled for us, the environment that we grew up in, what we were surrounded with, a lot of us, we take on what we grew up with. And that's impacted my life as well. And obviously none of our parents were, were perfect. So we, we may, maybe picked up some good and we may have picked up some bad. And I wanna begin this series by saying this, I'm not an expert in parenting. I've made a lot of bad decisions and mistakes. We've all messed up. So as you hear me teach today, I've messed up. I know you've messed up. We're all growing. So let me say this. This is so important to me. As we kick off this series, don't you let condemnation fill your heart. Don't you let guilt fill your heart. As you hear me teach and the word of God and principles, don't you start going back and say, man, I missed it. I blew it. I wish I would have done it different. And starting, start to live with guilt and condemnation. Don't do that. We've all made mistakes. Thank God for the grace of God. This is about starting today and moving forward. It's about starting today and improving. We're not going backwards and beating ourselves up. All right? No condemnation. Let's start today and let's improve our parenting. Let's improve our grandparenting. Let's improve being a better mentor. Three parenting philosophies. And these first two philosophies that I'm going to share with you will hinder you from mining the treasure out of your children. The first parenting philosophy is the authoritarian style. The authoritarian style. And some of you grew up in an authoritarian style home. That's the kind of home I grew up in. And in this home, there's usually a lot of good behavior. But, but the reason why kids behave good is out of fear. These parents do a lot of threatening with their kids. You better do it or else you do it because I... Oh, some of y'all know that, don't you? Huh? Yeah. Because I said so. I brought you into this world. Take you out. That's why you do it. I'm gonna go get my belt. That's why you better do it. <laughs> Keep hanging on. I'm not done yet. Go get that switch. 
of them. Do it now or I will. Fill in the blank. I can't fill in some of your blanks because it's not appropriate to say that in church. And, and this is fear-based parenting style. And, and, and here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's really kind of the, the hindrance with this style of parenting. And I grew up in a home with this, like, like this. I struggle with this myself. But, 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 but the hindrance is this parenting style is focused on behavior modification. But it neglects focusing on shaping the heart of the child. And if you focus on behavior modification rather than shaping the heart of your children, your child will act right on the outside but rebel on the inside. So if you're just, you better do what I said, you do it now, you better know. And you're in, yes. And you're getting behavior modification, but you're not shaping a heart. And let me tell you what that did to me growing up. I had good behavior on the outside, but I rebelled on the inside against my parents. And when I got private, I had secrecy, secrecy they never knew about because I was too scared. Their relationship wasn't strong enough and there was a lot of fear and they didn't have my heart. They had behavior, but they didn't have my heart. And this is a hindrance if we are not careful we will be enforcing behavior modification, but never have our child's heart. And the scripture says this in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. You might get some things right on the outside, but on the inside, they're crumbling. See, the authoritarian style of parenting comes down hard on children. It crushes children. It breaks their spirits, and, and I, I, I can struggle with this. I, I've had to grow a lot from this. I've, I've had to learn to get better and grow and, and change my thinking and, and ask God to help my heart that I could parent my children in a, in a life-giving way because I have come to realize that this style of parenting isn't mining the treasure out of my children. It's just stopping the bad. And here, your pastor today, I, I believe in training our children to have good behavior. I, I believe in discipline. The Bible teaches us to discipline our children. I'm going to spend all of week four of this series talking and teaching you about discipline and what to do in the various stages of your children's lives. But the authoritarian style will hinder your children from reaching their God-given potential. Let me give you an example, a biblical example of the authoritarian style of parenting. This is King Saul with his son Jonathan. And notice this. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 30. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore. He swore at him. Do you think I don't know that, that, that what you want him to be king in your place? Shaming yourself and your mother. As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. Jonathan's just asking a question to his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Jonathan left the table. Notice verse 34. This is so key. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that second day of the festival. For he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior 
toward David. So we see Saul here talking to his son. He is yelling. He is name calling. He is cursing at him. He is being aggressive. He is being intimidating. He's bullying his son. He gets so angry. He even throws a spear at his son to try to kill him. And it says this, it says this, this is what you have to catch. It says that Jonathan left the table. He refused to eat, lost all of his appetite. He was fierce. He was angry on the inside. And the scripture says he was crushed in his spirit. And we could read this and we start thinking, man, I'm telling you, Saul was crazy. And we start feeling good about ourselves because we think, well, I'm not that extreme. I'm not like Saul. I don't throw spears at my children. I just throw brushes. <laughs> but but let's, let, let's not justify what we're doing that could be hindering. Because our goal, remember the goal of parenting? It's to mine out the treasure that God has placed on the inside of your children. And might our parenting style be hindering, be, be crushing our children? Let me give you some characteristics of authoritarian parenting. Some characteristics. Here, here, here are a few characteristics. A heavy emphasis on rules that are set by the parents without explanation of why the rules exist. It's like, just do it. And that, 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 that's effective when our children are two. That's how I parented it. You do it because I said so. But now that I got teenagers, that's not the case. Now we have conversations. They do have a brain. They do have feelings. I am the leader, but we're going to talk. I'm going to explain to you why I'm asking you to do this. I'm going to explain to you why you're not able to do that. Authoritarian style is obey the rules with no questions asked. And children in the authoritarian style are not encouraged to express how they feel or what they're thinking. And that can be unhealthy. You start raising students and teenagers and, and they're not able to talk back. And you just do it because I said and you just do. And they're not able to express themselves and, and tell how they feel. They're feeling something. You might not know. I'd rather know than I know. So that I can lead. So I can guide. So talk to dad. Open up. What are you going through? What are you feeling? What do you feel about the decision I just made? Let's talk. In an authoritarian style home, there's strict punishment for breaking or questioning the rules. Just strict punishment. Oh, you broke the rule? Oh, you questioning my rules? You're grounded. How long? Nine million years. Just strict. Just, just strict. In this style of parenting, oftentimes parents are not very warm or nurturing. They may not be physically or emotionally close to their children. And, and this style of parenting can hinder your children from reaching their God-given potential. The second style of parenting that people choose is the permissive style. The permissive style. And, and the permissive style is the polar opposite of the authoritarian style. And in our culture, people tend to equate permissiveness with, with love. And with this style of parenting, they're, they're not so concerned with behavior modification. They're, they're more concerned that I don't want my children to experience negative emotions. I, I just want my children to be happy. And, and I get that. I, I would like my children to be happy. But, but I realize this. If my children are always happy, it's not best, the best way for me to mine out their potential. So my, my goal is not for them to always be happy, although I would like that. And, and this style of parenting, what usually happens is parents just want their children to like them. Just, they just want to, be, want to be liked. And let me give you some characteristics of permissive parenting. I want you to be able to identify yourself because you could be, 
hindering your children. You could be hindering mining out the treasure that God has put inside of them. Here's some characteristics. There, there, are, there are typically a very few guidelines and rules. So very, very few guidelines and rules. And if there are guidelines and rules, the parents are very inconsistent with the rules. They, they, they don't consistently reinforce the rules. It's like one day don't touch it, next day it's okay, two days later don't touch it, the next day, and it's just not consistent or, or, that, or, or they'll, 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 they'll get onto their children, they'll discipline them, and then two days later they, they don't discipline them for the same thing, and it's just no consistency in permissive style parenting. And, and oftentimes what, what, what happens in this style is they try to, they, 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 they let them get away with everything, and then when they get in public, they want to try to enforce it. You ever seen that before? Like, like, I know you don't do that at home, but you're up here fronting in the restaurant right now. I see you. I see you. I got my eye. I know that's what you're doing. That they don't consistently correct wrong behavior. And it's, it's the permissive style of parenting. Uh, and this style of parenting, oftentimes parents will use bribery to get good behavior. You know, toys and gifts and, you know, little George is acting bad in the store, just acting like a nut. Hey, just... Be nice. I'll give you some candy when we get out. Stop it. I'll get you some candy. You know, just that, that permissive style because they're not really dealing with the real issue. They're not really dealing with the behavior issue. They're not really mining out the treasure inside their children. Uh, oftentimes, this style of parenting, there's very little way in schedule or structure uh, that they really are desiring more to be more of a friend than a parent. And I want to show you a biblical example of this because this style of parenting can hinder us from mining out the treasure inside of our children. First Samuel chapter two and verse 12. This is Eli, the priest and his sons. It says, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord. And the thing that I want you to notice as I continue to read this story is how Eli was permissive how he was a passive parent, how he just allowed them to have whatever behavior that they wanted. Notice what it says in verse number 17 in 1 Samuel chapter 2. It says, so the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. I'm going to jump down to verse 22. You can read the entire chapter on your own. It goes on to say in verse 22, now Eli was very old, so, so he had watched his boys grow up. He, he had just let them get away and get away with stuff and get away with stuff, get away with stuff. He's old. It says this, Eli was very old, but he was aware. I want you to catch that. He was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. And now it gives us an example of one of the things they were doing. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. And he was aware but he did nothing. He was passive. He was permissive. And I don't know why. I don't know why Eli was permissive. Maybe he was so caught up in his job at the priest, being a priest, and he got so busy at work that he had no time to invest in his sons. I, I don't know why he he did not train them and get into their world and discipline them. Maybe he just wanted them to like him. Maybe he just wanted his boys to be happy. If my boys are happy, it's okay. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm not sure why he did not mine the treasure out of his sons and get into their world and, and not being passive and permissive, but, but saying, man, this behavior is not good. And let me help you to improve your behavior. I'm not sure why. It goes on to say in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse number 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, 
I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from the beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God. Now notice this. They're blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. He was permissive. He provided no discipline. There was no structure. He allowed his kids to dishonor the Lord. He gave them responsibility. He gave them freedom without responsibility. And the permissive style of parenting, you got to be able to identify it if you're struggling with it because it can hinder you from mining the treasure that God has put on the inside of your children. Our children are blessed and a mess at the same time. And our job is to mine out the treasure that God's put on the inside of them. How do we do that? Let me give you the third style, the third style. And that's the biblical style, the biblical style. And the goal of the biblical style of parenting is simply this, is to mine the treasure that God's put on the inside of our children by shaping their heart, by, by shaping their heart. Biblical parenting isn't so focused on behavior modification. Biblical parenting is focused on the heart. I've got to have my child's heart. If I have their heart, I can shape their behavior. If I have their heart, I can pour my values into them. If I have their heart, I can direct their life. That's how God parents us. Hear me today. God parents you and I. Not with behavior modification. God wants our heart. God's after our, if God gets our heart, he knows if I got your heart, I can change your behavior. If I have your heart, I'll direct your life. If I have your heart, I'll help you get over issues. If I have your heart, I'll help you reach your God-given potential. I want your heart. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. This is Ezekiel the prophet. He's prophesying. He's, he's foretelling of what's going to happen in the future. When Jesus would die and rise again from the grave and, and then God would send, out, send the Holy Spirit upon all flesh, on everyone who would give their life to Jesus. And so this is what he's foretelling. And notice what it says. And I will give you a new heart. Notice that's the focus. A new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart. I'm not focused on behavior modification. If I get your heart, if I give you a new heart, if I capture your heart, if I take away that stony heart, and I'll give you a tender heart, responsive heart. God isn't focused on changing our behavior. God is focused on having our hearts. God knows if I get your hearts, your behavior will follow. If I get your heart, I'll help you reach your potential. John chapter 14, verse 15 says this. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. And I taught a message over a year ago. Oftentimes people live on the wrong side of the comma. They think, well, if I love God, I better keep his commands. And it's about behavior modification. I better obey God. I better follow all of his rules. I better follow all of his laws. But, but you're putting the emphasis on the wrong side of the comma. The emphasis should be on the other side of the comma. If you love me. You'll obey my commands. If you love God, you'll desire to follow him. If you love the Lord, his commands will not be burdensome, as the Bible says in the book of 1 John. Jesus says, if you love me, if I have your heart, you'll keep my commands. 
You will want to follow me, not have to follow me. And as parents, we want to capture our children's heart. Because if we get their heart, we can shape their lives. We can put biblical values in them. We can help mine the treasure that God has put on the inside of them. And having our children's heart is not just on them. Us having their heart, we take the greater responsibility as parents or as grandparents. The greater responsibility falls on us. You see, a lot of times our children are just following our behavior. They're they're following our example. They're following our values. They're following our attitude. They're they're seeing our poor relationship skills and our lack of love for God and and people. And so our children, we don't have their heart because they're looking at us and and they they see us living a double life. They see us not loving God. They see us telling them to do one thing, but we do another. And so we don't capture their heart. I remember this as a kid. I remember my parents making me go to church. That bus would come by and they would pick us up early that morning to go to Sunday school. And my parents would be in bed, sleeping, but we had to go. And we went, because we had to go. And my brother and sister, we skipped Sunday school. Sometimes, because we were mad. How y'all gonna be sleeping? And make us. Get on this bus. It, 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 was, it, it was not, I love my parents. I'm very grateful for my parents. But just like your parents, they were not perfect parents. And if you're going to have your children's hearts, that means you got to love God. You, if you're going to help them live out their potential, that means it starts with you. Let God shape your life first. Let, let me give you, let me give it to you right here. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. This is going to help us right now, church. It's going to strengthen us. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Parents, this is for us. Grandparents, this is for us. First thing is you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I, ha- I give you today are to be on your hearts. And when you love God with all your heart, And with all your soul and with all your strength, then verse 7 can happen. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. It, It starts with us. It starts with God having our heart. And if we give God our heart and we surrender to him, we let God change us. Let me guarantee you this. If you will surrender fully to God, you will be shocked and surprised the impact that will have on your children. God hardwired your children to follow you. And if you will say, God, it starts with me. I'm going to have a biblical philosophy. I'm going to shape my children's heart. I'm going to capture their heart so that I can mine out the treasure that you put inside of them but it starts with me. So God, I surrender to you. I yield to you. I'm hungry for you. I need you. I got to read my Bible and I got to pray because it starts with me. I got to be in church because it starts with me. I got to get the growth track next week for the next four weeks because it starts with me. I got to get water baptized on Mother's Day because it starts with me. I've got to be a person that seeks God and lives a life of integrity because it starts with me. God, shape my life so that I can shape their life. The biblical style of parenting doesn't start with them. It starts with us. And I had to begin today's teaching 
as we kick off this series, that that would shape the rest of the messages that we're going to hear. The biblical style of parenting starts with us. And our goal is to mine out the treasure that God has put on the inside of our children.